Chase Claypool says change is coming to the offense. What what does that mean? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Hope you'll check those out as well. The Steelers were back on the south side yesterday. Had a media availability. Today is the Mike Tomlin press conference, and then tomorrow will be the first practice leading up to the game Sunday against the Jets. And most of the vibe yesterday at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex was, as you'd expect it to be, about the offense, about this miserable offense that we've been watching now for three weeks that doesn't appear to be heading anywhere unless you ask the participants. And this was what Claypool had to say yesterday. Yeah, maybe ask me like week six, eight, and then, then I'll be frustrated if nothing's changed. But I think uh, change is coming, and uh, I'm excited. Just uh, being able to do the things we do good more often. Um, and I think that's what these few weeks are, just figuring out what we do good, what we don't do good. Now, admit it. When you heard the three words, change is coming, all you're thinking is, oh, they're firing Matt Canada. Or, oh, this is going to be it for Mitch Trubisky. And that's not at all, obviously, the intention behind those words. What he's saying is there's going to be a change in the caliber of the performance. And maybe there is. Maybe there is. They're playing the Jets. Which is a great place to start when you want to change the caliber of your performance on either side of the football. But there's going to have to be more to it than that. There's going to have to be more to it than the feel of, wow, that other team really did some bad things because they have some bad players and we were able to finally score, oh, you know, more than one touchdown in a day. But what'll that be? What'll that look like? Change is coming. Well, what kind of change? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. When I hear an offense talk about change or potential change, the first thing that comes to me is the running game. I think, okay, they're going to just have everyone, including the wide receivers, get completely on board uh, behind running the football. And to put that into further context, Claypool and other players acknowledged yesterday that one of the things that mystified them, or however it is you'd want to characterize it, about the game in Cleveland was that they stopped running, even though they were able to run, even though they entered the second half with a one-point lead. They didn't need to stop running. They didn't need to put the ball in the air. And why would you do that when you can't do that, when you don't have a quarterback who can do that? So if the change is coming line might have an even subliminal 
undercurrent to it. It could be that. It could be, hey, let's get Najee Harris 100 yards. Let's get Jalen Warren another 50 and hope that Warren doesn't fumble the ball. And I had, sorry, I had to get that in. But in turn, putting uh, a lot of different looks, effective looks on film for future opponents. And it's quite the gauntlet after they face the Jets. Not that they should be taking the Jets or anybody else for granted. But more importantly, building up some identity. Identity. Mason Cole, the center, has spoken openly about the offense lacking identity. I don't have to wonder what he means. He and I talk a lot. He wants to see the team run the ball. Everyone on the offensive line wants to see the team run the ball. They feel like they'll be able to block for the run if given the chance. What's happened to date is that in Cincinnati, Najee didn't hit any holes. Against New England, they barely ran the ball. And then in Cleveland, once they finally got it going, the offensive coordinator just went to sleep or something. I don't even know how to describe abandoning the run in the second half when you have a one-point lead and things are going okay in that regard. What? What? His turn is Thursday, okay? He has to answer questions Thursday. But the other good thing about rallying behind the run and making sure that the receivers are involved is that's another way to make sure that the receivers aren't getting, you know, whiny and diva-ish and everything else. Because now everyone is told to do the same thing. They're told to do it for the right reasons. And then if the run is effective, guess what? It's going to set up the pass. But then you know what happens and this this happens to me all the time. I get into discussing something about offensive strategy. And you know what I'm going to say here. I get into discussing something about X's and O's and an approach that they can take or this identity thing. And I realize I'm completely wasting my breath because this team employs Canada as the offensive coordinator. And there's nothing happening there or next to nothing happening there in terms of ingenuity, certainly not in terms of rhythm and absolute zero as it applies to identity. So what we're talking about here from the OC point of view is survival mode. You just need to get through this year and get rid of him. You know, I, I'm sorry. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear, especially on a week where they could get it all turned around and I'm going to have somebody coming at me next Monday. What do you have to say about Matt Canada now? It's going to be the same thing, believe me, because he's going to be judged over all 17 games. And I can guarantee to you right now, he's not going to have answers for it. When we come back, J1Q. The one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome 
kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Sean who asks, do the Steelers not run blitz or are they called but the inside linebackers are afraid to attack a gap? It just seems like the middle backers hesitate every time when it's a run play. Sean, I am taking this question and I am folding it up into a figurative paper airplane and I'm sending it back your way so that you take back the plural usage of backers because when you're saying plural you have to be including miles jack and i'm not gonna let you do that okay my guess is that once you get that little paper airplane from me you're gonna go oh yeah i didn't mean to include him so let's let's just give you the benefit of the doubt here and eliminate jack from that discussion he will hit any gap he will hit it with gusto and he will make the play this is a very very good football player who does not deserve to be lumped in in any negative context with either of the other two inside linebackers so that out of the way no the Steelers are not run blitzing yes the Steelers were I thought fairly effective early on against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and I'm going to presume that you're also referring mostly to the most recent performance. But with this one, with the one in Cleveland, what got me more than anything else was any number of guys on the defensive line. And the Steelers rotated a lot of them. So it's not like you can just look to Cam Hayward and say he looked old and tired or banged up. Uh, To me, he looked like all three. And I say that with immense respect for who he is and what he is. My guess is that he probably wouldn't disagree with me. I looked at Tyson Alulu. Everybody looked like they felt the hundred snaps in Cincinnati and then the short week. And I know it's an excuse and I'm throwing it out there because they can't, but it also happens to be reality. I didn't like the defensive front's performance at all when it came to the run. Now, were the inside backers much better? I thought Jack was good. I wasn't crazy about the other two. Then what ends up happening is someone like Chubb, especially Chubb, gets to the DBs and you see guys getting, you know, dragged or knocked over. That's kind of what should happen when a DB, even someone as strong as Minka, runs into him. So it just wasn't an overall good look for the run defense. And there's a reason, believe me, that no matter what question we would ask Tomlin after the game in Cleveland, he'd come back with something about the run defense. It really bothered him. Uh, If you want to determine over the course of the coming week to what degree he would pinpoint it on certain individuals, my guess he's not going to do that Uh, in his press conference today. But let's say, for example, that Isaiah Loudermilk were to finally start getting some more significant reps and finally get a helmet. I'm not going to make him out to be the next LC Greenwood either, but 
The one thing that Loudermilk's most known for is being a run stopper. The one thing that Montrevious Adams was able to help with the most when he was acquired late last regular season was with run defense. So if you see some guys start to get moved into different positions, and let's say Chris Wormley, for example, getting dropped down, then you'll know who the coach is particularly the head coach sees as being responsible for there. It will not, that list, include Miles Jack. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And I really appreciate Miles Jack, you know? Miles Jack.